to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I am joined here today by my new brother, my new friend, my new soul Mm -hmm. family member, Chris Everett. He is so special to me, y'all. I just met this man, mind you, a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) At the House of Beautiful Business, the Dream Festival in Sintra, Portugal, and I am... Still like integrating all of the the experiences I had in Portugal. And Chris was definitely one of those sparks that just sat next to me. And I heard what he was talking about. And I was just like, I literally gave him a thumbs up. And then <laughs> you did. throughout the, the, the weekend. And then by the end, we were like, hey, we need to talk. And I'm not going to give too much context because I definitely want you to share your own story. But everyone, please welcome Chris. He's a minister of beauty. And it's just a beautiful soul. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm so thrilled to be here with you. And um, I'm just, I'm smiling, uh, remembering our interactions at the House of Beautiful Business and the ways that there was just a magnetic pull towards each other. It's like, oh, yes, you, there's my sister. Yes. I can't wait to get to know you more. And, yes. uh, and we, I'm so glad that we took the initiative to, to really get to know each other deeper. And uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for this beautiful invitation. Yes, I received that in full. And, you know, we talked a little bit and I just have to acknowledge that you're a Texas boy. You know, you grew up in Texas. I grew up in Texas. And fundamentally, Texas has, I would say, maybe a good and a bad, maybe equally reputation around the world. People are just like, Texas, like, don't y'all ride this? (laughs) You know, and there's so much culture here. There's so much Mm -hmm. um, depth here. And I feel like, um, you know, we kind of, we don't always get to express all of that. So I would love for you to go into just a little bit about your, your upbringing in Texas and how maybe that's informed where you are today or who you are today. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I was born in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And when I was maybe five or six, we moved to Houston, uh, where I believe you are now. Yes. And did my whole growing up through high school in Houston. And then I went to college in Dallas as a piano performance major at University of North Texas. And um, uh, and then started my career in the advertising agencies in Dallas before I came up to Minneapolis, where I am now. Okay. And uh, it, abs- it, you know, I don't have any, um, I suppose all of our, our homes inform um, our vocabulary and our flavors. And um, there is something about Texas, even though um, I left as soon as I arrive in Austin, however long I'm gone, there is something about those trees and how they meet the sky and how they hug the ground that just feels so much like home. It's just, yeah. it's ingrained in me and my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think two of the biggest influences, if I think about it, um, one is religion. 
uh, grew up in an evangelical mm -hmm. community, church-going mm -hmm. family uh, from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I started uh, playing piano when I was five years old. Yes. And started playing in the church when I was in junior high. And, um, and I loved, that was our community. And uh, what, what else can bring, can weave a community together so tightly than singing together and making music together and worshiping together and going through the ceremonies of birth and death and all of that together. It, mm. it is an extraordinary thing. Yes. Um, and I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but also ancestry. Um, I, I have a, there is such pride in the land and the place and who we came from. Um, I, I actually am a direct descendant from William Barrett Travis from uh, the Alamo, if you can believe it. And one of my very best friends is Billy Crockett, who is a direct descendant of Davy Crockett. No, don't play with me. That's and hilarious. I know That's we, were, we were dear <laughs> friends for about 10 years when this came up and we're like, wait, what? It's bizarre. And you know the pride around that in, in Texas. Come on. I know. Remember it's, the it, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> there are some other things to remember, too. Right. <laughs> a lot of yeah, things. <laughs> a lot of things. But I, I, um, I don't know that I've ever, ever talked about it out loud, but um, I have always had such a very, very keen sense of ancestors around wow. me. Wow. Supporting me, uh, walking with me. Yes. Um, and as my own, as I've become more aware of consciousness and vibration raising and connecting deeply in, in the ways that we honor and invite our ancestors, that it's like they've always been standing right here and are stepping closer. And the voices, it's like the radio is tuning in and I'm, I can hear them uh, clearer and clearer. And, and so there is a sense of deep connection with that land. And my husband and I now own a 57 acre farm in Western Wisconsin, mm -hmm. uh, which is, uh, we've, it, this is our 11th year as an arts nonprofit there. And that is all informed by growing up with um, my, my grandfather, my mo whole mom's side of the family. He was a Texas cowboy, cattle rancher. And every morning when I walk my land, I feel him walking right next to me. As we husband this land together um, mm -hmm. and care for the people and care for the earth and care for the animals, um, and I, I feel an honor and a responsibility, but completely supported um, by, by my ancestors and a connection to this land and that land that I grew up into. Long answer, I apologize, but that's a beautiful, rich. it's a rich, resonant, deep, profound. It was really beautiful how, I mean, as a minister of beauty, how you narrated that your, mm. your childhood into your current, your present moment and weaving in also the aspect of the past into the present, moving you into the future. And, mm. and for me, I feel like that's what we're being called to do now because mm. for so long we've carried the burdens of our ancestors, at least yes. in my experience. And um, 
the pains, the, the, the weight. And now it's, it's time for us to, in many ways, kind of relinquish that and, and rise together. And I feel that energy mm-hmm. even too, as you talk about walking alongside your ancestors and, and bringing them along as we rise and ascend into this new earth paradigm, which we're all collectively creating and yes. what they've desperately been waiting for us to do because mm-hmm. in many ways they didn't have the conditions, they didn't have the, the, the education, they didn't have the, the, the container, they didn't have all that we have today to make that possible. So that's beautiful. Mm, yes, I love that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. Uh, uh, I became a part of a program that was created by two remarkable teachers and guides and shamans, uh, Wendy Gold, uh, Kenny Linton, um, out of Abiquiu, New Mexico, mm. and Kyoko Seki out of Japan. Yes, and yes. They created a program called Healing Between Worlds. Yes. Um, Kyoko is a part of an organization that um, helps uh, people who have been human trafficked. And it is one thing to take young girls who have been sex trafficked out of just unimaginable circumstances. And it is another thing than to lean into some kind of healing. Mm. And there's healing on, you know, so many levels. Yeah. Um, in, including the ancestral level, your women's line, men's line, yes. whole stuff, all of these things. Um, and so they created this extraordinary program. Um, and the, the, and they're, they're beginning to bring it globally. And part of what I love about it is it is, uh, it is all gorgeous energy work, teaching people how to touch into energy and spirit and the gifts mm. that we all brought into this lifetime from our ancestors as as us as a young child through our men's line and our women's line and that the universe have given us this incredible dream of life. Mm-hmm. And it is all right here. And mm-hmm. through um, very uh, luxurious listening and some beautiful ceremony, revealing these beautiful gift seeds so that we can really lean into the wholeness of who I am. I am mm. this. And it's called Journey of the Gift Seeds. I was just um, uh, trained and certified to be able to, to lead it. Uh, I just led my first one with a, a friend last week and it was, it was gorgeous. Um, but the, the second part of it gets to your point, the power of eight, which mm-hmm. looks at the incomplete seeds. Mm-hmm. What are the, the traumas, the narratives um, that our ancestors and our women's line and our men's line were not able to heal or end or break in their lifetime Mm -hmm. and how how do we do that Mm -hmm. and there is there's a head way to do it but there is a spirit way to do it Mm. and a calling forth of your ancestors Mm. and so it is hard beautiful and very very intense hard work and at the end of each day there is a ceremony that is woven together through Japanese, Native American, and Celtic traditions mm. to break this, to stand up. And I literally, I had a sense in one of these ceremonies of standing with legions of my ancestors, which then, of course, are all connected to the legions of your ancestors. Yes. And everyone's ancestors. And all of this standing there, 
men with hats on their hearts saying, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for being the one in this generation to stand up and do this. Yes. We're standing with you. And when you are able to break this and heal us, that allows our ancestors then to step in even more to help continue to heal everybody else. And so there's yes. that breakaway. And I'm like, yes. oh, yes. I love it. Yes. And I just have to say this because it's on my heart. But it, when you paint that picture, I just also imagine two our galactic family. And that's the part, the aspect of family that rarely gets acknowledged because we're yeah. always so earth focused. We're thinking about our earthly family. Yet we also have so many light workers um, in our galactic yeah. family that are right there too. And those are actually the families that are lifting us up. All of us that are here on earth, the light workers, the the spirit guides, the archangels, the um, the ascended masters, all the folks that we we talk about, like Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, all of these um, beings are 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 also waiting to to welcome us and our ancestors into this new age, this a uh, fifth dimensional existence and beyond. And mm-hmm. I, I would love for you to speak more to the um, to your work. Because this is the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. <laughs> so we got the business <laughs> of, of what we do because it's just, it's just so amazing that we get to do what we do because it's work, mm. but it's really, it's really light work. Like it's really, it's really fun, it's playful, it's healing. And so when I ask you about your work, I don't even really feel like I'm asking you about your work. I'm just asking about what are you doing to 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 build community with this arts nonprofit that you have and mm-hmm. and how are you guys um sharing that with the world I mean you have these beautiful pieces behind you I'm sure mm. your ranch is stunning and I mean tell us more what's the name of it how does it, how does it start <laughs> like I'm very interested oh thank you for the question um the the uh, our farm and foundation it's called Everwood Farmstead mm-hmm. Foundation um and everwoodfarmstownfoundation.org, you can read all about it. Um, this was, uh, the, the land told us this is what it wanted, truly. My husband and I bought there 13, 14 years ago. Um, we uh, have lived a very urban life, uh, downtown Minneapolis. We were craving land and some space, and it's a very lake cabin-centered culture here. Um, and we wanted land, and part of this came from my own uh, growing up in Texas with wild, sprawling prairies and animals. And, uh, and we thought we were going to build uh, and ended up visiting this farm um, in the Driftless Zone of Western Wisconsin. And the Driftless Zone is a very special area. When the glaciers came through, it flattened out most of Wisconsin, except for this little swath that kind of goes from the west down to the south that it missed. And it's just these huge bucolic, beautiful rolling hills. They're just yes. full of energy. Yes. Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> and we started looking in that area and wanted to see this barn. It's a very special barn. Um, it was built in 1914 out of California redwood, if you can believe it. Um, it makes no sense why, why the redwood would be there. And literally the minute we drove onto the property, it took our breath away. Mm. Something was supposed, it just, it was calling us. And as we were renovating and as we were cleaning the barn, it's such a church-like space. We knew something needed to happen here Mm -hmm. around community. Mm -hmm. Both of us are uh, very arts 
centered. Uh, I am an artist, musician, painter. Uh, my husband is an ethics director for a major big box retailer mm-hmm. um, and uh, is a lawyer by training, but has been on many, many arts boards. And the reason that we d- wanted to focus on the arts is uh, we believe when, when our artists are happy and healthy and nurtured, it's good for everyone. Yeah. Their job is to find fresh language for the human experience every day. I love that. And, and right now, language is failing us. We try to be in conversation and that turns into rhetoric and we don't know how to, how to take on the big tough things. We just end up you know, feeling defensive or othered or single dimensionalized. And yet maybe a poem or a dance or music or a play um, can help reorient us to the hard things. And that's where healing can happen and reweaving can happen. Mm. And 11, 12 years later, after the foundation was formed, we have come to really understand that we're in a very unique position and that we're only an hour basically from the Twin Cities and the other big cities in Wisconsin. So half our audience are urban and half are rural. Mm-hmm. And in a time when we have all these bubbles of us and them and right and left and all the way religious and all the ways that we other each other, how do we actually get in the same room and remember all the ways that we are, are so much more dimensional than that and in, actually, in fact, more alike than we are different Yes. so that we can start finding each other again to remember the ways we are connected, to literally remember. Yes. So uh, as this has grown, um, my work shows up in two different ways. In the Arts Foundation, um, as Minister of Beauty, we've recognized that this is a sacred space and I hold it as such. Uh, we are all together just for that night. It's not recorded. Uh, it's, it is only for those people, for those musicians, for that moment in a very intimate space. And because the goal is for us to reweave each other back together again, I do a little experience design before every single performance to uh, 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 help us remember what that feels like. So for example, um, we had an extraordinary musician come play, Nachito Herrera. He's a um, extraordinary uh, Cuban pianist, Uh, jazz, every kind of jazz form, classically trained as well. Uh, I can't even believe that we got him to come perform. Um, That particular week, and I don't even remember where this was, but there was a shooting in El Paso. Yeah, I remember that. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. It was like on a Monday. Yeah. And that whole week, both Bill and I were just, our hearts were just like literally aching. And that Friday, we listened to an NPR piece about the impact and the families and everything else. And we were just weeping in the car. And I posed the question to Bill, we have a show tomorrow night. And we have a group of people that are coming that I imagine are also hurting for a lot of different reasons. Uh, And of course, social media is stirring everything up. Um, is, Is this space a space for us to take this on together? Or is this space where we go to go away to get away from it? Mm-hmm. And I chewed on that for like 24 hours. And before the show, I realized 
this is the space that we need to take this on together, but maybe in a different way. So that night, the audience came in, welcome everybody to Everwood. We're so happy you're here. This is, to be honest, this has been a really tough week. Have you been feeling it too? All heads are nodding. I said, I, I have a question for you. What is it that you need tonight from Everwood and this community? Do you need a cookie? Do you need nature? <laughs> Do you need a hand on your back? Mm. Do you need camaraderie? Do you need joy and beauty? Do you need to cry? What do you need from this place tonight? And everybody was quiet for a moment. And I said, great. We're going to have an intermission in about 45 minutes. Uh, will you please tell the person sitting next to you what it is that you need? And so there was some conversation back and forth, stranger to stranger. During the intermission, would you find that person and make sure they're getting what they need? Mm -hmm. And so this is not about guns. It is not about immigration. It is not about <laughs> the why or the who. The thing that unites us is I'm hurting. Yes. And, and let's remember what it's like to be neighbor. Right. You get, do you have what you need? Let me put a hand on your back. Let me go get you a cookie. So that we're going through this together. And so it, it is those little simple things, uh, having everybody hum uh, before a show until we choose a note which they always do. And then we harmonize to that. We know how to sing. We know how to remember it's inside of us. And, and so that's what the Arts Foundation is about for all of us, to nurture our artists, to give them what they need because they will help nurture us right back and then give us new language to find each other again. Yeah, I love um, that. And then in my, my personal work, I, I, um, my background is as a designer, graphic designer, went into brand strategy, kept asking why, why, why is it true, which went into culture design and then leadership development, and then recognizing that I had to do my own journey as well Yeah. Um, in leadership development. Yeah. And, um, and this is all, all of this is individual work first all of it. it healing begins with each of us as individuals and then this community or then it is organization or company yes. or whatever it is team yes it has to start with the individual yes and i had a um a quest many years ago there was an introduction to medicine wheels and ancient wisdoms and teachings that blew my mind i'm like this mm -hmm. is what i have been looking for yes this is it mm -hmm. because it is deeply practical practical but also full of the magic and the mystery and the ancestors and science and the universe and relationship and ceremony and ritual and it, it is an embodied practice it isn't a head practice yes right rung all my bells and what I was introduced to, my, what I was invited to by the woods on that quest was um, to stop doing so hard yeah. and exp explore being. Yes. I, which I know resonates with you. We talked yeah. about this. Yeah. I, I'm a Capricorn. I'm the goat. I'm the climber. I'm a mm -hmm. master manifester. And literally when I got into the woods, I looked up, I'm like, where am I supposed to climb? 
And what I heard was stop climbing. You don't have to climb anymore. Mm-hmm. You deserve to rest, sit mm-hmm. down. And I sat by this creek and just, I kind of wept. Um, this relief, the sense of, God, I don't have to push. And this invitation to, to consider being. Well, my little goat mind immediately went to, well, what am I supposed to do to be? What, what is this? And what we forget is this is a long journey. It took me another three years to really understand a framework of what doing versus being was, what actually was the invitation. And this is the simplest way that I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out and then I'll, I'll leave some space. Um, there is over the course of life, and this is, and I'm using this framework now for my business, for my clients, I'm developing programs uh, to offer individuals, to offer artists, to offer leaders, to offer anyone who wants to learn some tools. Basically, it all comes down to this. Over the course of a lifetime, there is an outer journey and there is an inner journey. Yes. And, and culturally, we focus mostly on the outer journey because mm-hmm. that's the thing you can measure. It, it and is you the can doing. see with the eyes. Yes, yes. I, how much money are you making? What is your mm-hmm. title and your status? How big is mm-hmm. your house? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I accumulating? How much of my making? How big is it? All the rest of that, the doing, the doing. Um, often we are not taught what that inner journey is, but the inner journey is being, that is the being work. This is where wisdom lives. This is where values live. Mm -hmm. This is where we deal with our traumas, the Mm -hmm. healing, the -hmm. narratives, the things that you were speaking about earlier, how to touch into our ancestors, how to touch into spirit, consciousness raising. All of that is in the vertical space, the inner work, the being. And here's the magic. When you do the the inner work, the being work, it transforms doing into becoming. That part. Yes. So now there's a dance of being and now becoming. It's transforming how I show up in the world as a husband, Mm -hmm. as a friend, as a community member, as a leader. Mm -hmm. I am now evolving i am transforming as a human being when i do my inner work and my practice and i take on my dragons it it and this and this is another whole other discussion being is the sacred feminine and becoming is the sacred masculine yes and this is how those energies live inside Mm -hmm, of us mm -hmm. and so if we think about our our work work um, going to an organization, this is a living organism. And there are individuals, leaders, and everyone in this organization that let's take, if, if you're really interested in thinking about vision and what are we making and where are we going, mm-hmm. are you doing the inner work? Mm-hmm. Are you considering your, your being? And let's investigate that. Learn how to listen again. Mm-hmm. Remember I feel like I, and it's interesting the way, where you started, that this is about homecoming. Yes. This isn't a new thing. We know it. We've just forgotten it. We've wandered mm-hmm. away from home. So let's mm-hmm. come back home. I love that. Back to center, back to divinity, back to true self, back to our real I am. And then 
go back into becoming. Now we are, we are manifesting and becoming in the world in a completely different way. I love it. And not only are we manifesting and becoming and being, but we're doing it beautifully. Because just like you mm-hmm. said to start, the beauty is the expression of the divine, of the divinity. And yes. so everything that you say, all those words that you put together very nicely resonate so <laughs> deeply with me. <laughs> and I have to go back because I just have to, and then I'll make my way up forward to when you were talking about your collective um, uh uh, celebration and and you call it a remembering um, mm. when y'all were honoring whatever was happening in El Paso and just being present because I love to break down that word because people really don't understand etymology in general because we just aren't really yeah. taught it and English in and of itself is just such a broken language but we're gonna you know work with what we got and and in remembering the member in and of itself is a part of the body. And more specifically, it's like the male member, like the penis. But Mm. when you're remembering your parts of your body, you're putting together your body, you're putting together the the human collective body. So when you're talking about remembering who we are, we're putting ourselves back together. And Mm -hmm. because we've been in many ways separated, we talked about this divided, prejudiced, discriminated. And and so in order to remember, we're not only remembering who we are in, in the conscious sense, but we're also putting the pieces back together in the remembering and the connecting. And yes. so I love that you talked about that remember, because I was just like, oh, we're doing it again. <laughs> we're putting ourselves back together again and again. And we keep doing it until we, we we're, and it's infinite. It's infinite work. Yes. And, and I love mm-hmm. that you talked about it starts with the self. Because that's always what I talk about in my meta business journey and why meta business became such, uh, it, it is, of course, my calling from God. However, I answered the call because it resonated with me so deeply and that I felt so disconnected from myself. I was trying to, I mean, I went to Harvard. I had two masters mm. from Harvard, two undergraduate degrees from University of Texas. So overachiever at its finest, Okay. Ego on a thousand, okay? And so, <laughs> so you couldn't tell me nothing. You still can't, but back then you really couldn't. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I was it was all an outward expression. I wanted mm. everyone to know how smart I was, intelligent, beautiful, competent, you know, wealthy, all these things. And when in reality, you know, the in, the in, the the being, if you will, was mm-hmm. was lacking. So the becoming the masculine was just, you know, and yeah. we live in a very, what we, people call toxic masculine world, but in reality, it's just a dominant masculine world and that the mm-hmm. feminine is just very, for lack of better words, repressed, repressed. And, and so I'm living fully in this masculine and expression and not really tapping into the, um, the being of of myself, of my, my feminine energy. And so in my healing journey, that's what I've come to really embody and embrace and love is that divine femininity and even talking to God and goddess, my mother and my father God, because I I, I always grew up with father God, very similar to you. I was in a Catholic mm. church. I was an altar server. You know, I was a lector when I got older. Like I was just in it to win it. Like I just love God, but really you know, as much as I could in that, in that space, yet it was always in a masculine presentation. And so now that we're moving more into this space of, of balance, then we're coming to see the importance of that being and, and how, 
and how little almost that that becoming can matter if you don't have that sense of being. So I'm so grateful that you shared that like that. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. I love that so much. Um, it, uh, I've been reading so much. There's so many beautiful, I love it right now that there's so many incredible organizations out there and light workers and people like yourself that, that are bringing this into the fore. Um, and, and, and I think that there's a, a real hunger for it. There's a yearning for it. Yearning, um, for sure. I keep hearing over and over in, in friend conversations and coaching conversations, just a, an unease, a dis-ease. A dis-ease, come on now. Right, with, with how the world is and how we are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two words that keep coming up are disconnection and separation. Yes. And which you just mentioned. And the center of the philosophy of bridging uh, healing between worlds is healing separation. Yes. And the ways that we are separated from not only each other, but separated from our true self. That's it. Separated from nature. But mm-hmm. I think you also named another really interesting separation, which is the separation of sacred feminine and sacred masculine. Yes. Um, I, I, and all of this, there is a, there's a, a beautiful invitation in, in the beginning of the journey of the gift seeds that uh, we all know what that separation feels like in our daily lives, in our body. Um, we see it all around us. And there's a, a beautiful mythology that lives in a lot of different cultures called the, the myth of the first world. And the first world was a time when we were all one, all one, everything. You're, you are floating in the ocean and you are also the ocean. The fish is swimming by and you are also the fish. You were by the mountain and you are also the mountain. And we are under the stars and we are also the stars. We were so connected and deeply one that we didn't even need language. Mm-hmm. And, and we, have a, we have a memory of that. There, I think all of us have a time in our lives when, you know, maybe as a little child, you're out in the ocean and you just, there's this moment of like, oh my gosh, I am all of this. I am the whole ocean around the world all at once, or you're walking through the woods. I think sometimes love can feel like that first world where it's just like, you and I are we, we are the same, we are one, we're so deeply, deeply, fundamentally connected. And in those, those rememberings, it, it is um, the beginning place of touching into that higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is, it is not only possible, that actually is home. Yes. Yes, I love that so much. And, and in that home space, in that connectivity is where we really find our divinity. And, and, I, and I love that you talked about coming home because that's just such a simple way of putting it that, mm. you know, we're home, we're home with ourselves. And, and home is sometimes a place when we think about like our childhood, for example, for me, it was not necessarily, you know, a place I wanted to come back to. Hence why when I got the chance, I 
booked out of here, you know, <laughs> as quickly, as quickly as I could, as far as I could. Yeah. And, and really, <laughs> I remember my dad used to say like, you know, Aaron, you know, when you, um, I don't know if I'm going to quote it right, but he'd be like, you go, you look in the mirror and you turn around and you're still there, you know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't run away from yourself. You That's know, great. and it is so good because I, I ran so much, like I spent mm. much of my a decade running um, from myself, from my past, from who I was. And, and interestingly enough, that's actually part of a journey. So I really want to implore whoever's listening and you feel like that's where you are. It's okay. That's good to be there. At least you're aware of that. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like understanding and understanding that like, as you're going through that, you know, exploration that you have to um, lose yourself in order to find yourself, right? You can't yeah, find what's right. already there. Like it's already there. You have to lose it to find it. And, and interestingly enough, like when I think about our soul journey and I, and I've seen, I saw this recently and it brought me to tears because, mm. and it may, it gives me chills now, but thinking about like our soul, our consciousness before we enter that womb, you know, it's, it's maybe a myth or whatever you want to call it, that we're shown our life and mm. we agree and we make contracts with other souls that hey we're going to I'm going to go we're going to go through this together and we're going to get out you know we're going to get back to god you know mm. so in many ways we choose the separation however when we get here in the process of all the things of developing our baby brains and this prison mm. matrix and traumas we forget the contracts we made with ourselves and with mm. the other people and it's that through that journey that we that we remember, we put all the pieces back together and we come back home to ourselves and was like, I actually chose this path. I chose this life and I chose the separation so that I can feel even more deeply connected. And mm. that's like the key is like now that I've gone through this journey, I'm even more deeply connected with this earth, with this planet, with this humanity, human human beingness, if you will. Mm -hmm. And and this whole idea of of life in and of itself. And so man, like that, that just that home, it's it can it means so many things in so many ways. I'm I'm curious how uh because I had I had a, a, a similar um uh understanding as well that moment of like oh yeah we signed up for this journey and you know, as they, they, I don't know who coined it originally, um, life is a school and the lesson is love. Mm -hmm. Everything is a lesson in love. Mm -hmm. um, when it is gone, uh, when you don't have access to it, when you are so completely enveloped with it, when it is needed, the abundant, all of it is, comes down to a lesson in love, mm -hmm. which in many ways is a lesson about separation and deep connectedness. Yes. But, I, I wonder for you, when you had an awareness of, I have signed up for a course of in the school of this life and this lifetime, how it reoriented you to your life journey. Mm, thank you for asking me a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, how it reoriented me because I signed up for this. Right. I feel like that's a question I have to ask myself and remind I, those are things I have to remind myself of daily because mm -hmm. in the day-to-day -day walk of life, it's very easy to lose that awareness. 
very easy. Yeah, so we have it is. Awakening. We definitely have that awakening when we're in Sedona, when we're in Sintra, when we're in these beautiful places. It's really or at your ranch. I'm sure y'all have those moments where it's really, or you're floating in the ocean. So obvious. But like me, I put my business out there. Like, or when you're in a lawyer's office dealing with some bullshit, or when you're in court, <laughs> or when you're negotiating because you feel like you got fucked over. You know what I'm saying? In business, like, so put it back into like this work life perspective. You know, when you're in the grind of of what you think is the work, that's actually when you have to remind yourself, like, hey, I signed up for this lesson. Like I signed yeah. up to understand what it's like to feel deeply because it's in these experiences for me, like the court battles, the legal stuff, because um, I'm dealing with custody issues with my child and mm. things like that, that I am in a lot of pain fit ton of pain because I don't think the legal issues would be so bad if there wasn't a little one involved you know it'd just be like oh you know I'm saying like this is just you know what I have to do pay the bread I'm done however when you're dealing with someone else's life and 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 there's all these other you know variables then you feel it so much more deeply man it hurts I'm so sorry (laughs) it hurts I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> you, but that's where we have to, you know, go through those, those waves of emotions and understanding, okay, there is that, that, the sympathetic part, that grief part and that anger part and the, oh, the shame. Oh, I can't believe I'm, I put myself in this situation. Mm-hmm. And it's literally that wave we have to ride like a, like a surfer, like anyone, like, like every day, every yeah. day. And like you said, I, I have to remind myself, Aaron, you signed up for this. Aaron, you said, you used to pray. I used to pray to God when I was a little girl. I want to change the world, God. Help me change the world, God. Why a little girl pray like that? That was my prayer every day. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to be president of the United States. I wanted to do all these great things. I wanted to be CEO. These were like little girl dreams. And I ended up as an adult doing all that I thought I needed to do, going to Harvard, all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like doing all that to do, to become what I, the becoming what I thought and knew actually what I knew as a child I already was. I already knew God that you were going to help me lead. I already knew God that you wanted me in these places. So now that I'm here, why am I crying? (laughs) Mm. Why am I sad? Why am I grief stricken? When God's like, Aaron, you wanted to be a leader? You need to learn this legal system. You need to learn this system, sister. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what? And I wasn't going to go to law school. I actually did take the LSAT <laughs> and I decided not to go to law school. So God was like, you're going to learn this system. And not only are you going to learn it, you're going to feel the pain that so many people experience, like how I did it when I was a kid. My father in prison, seven years, federal mm. prison, six years old, going to visit him every other weekend, five hour job, Oof. four and a half. Incre- hour job. Wow. Mm. Seven years. You know what I'm saying? You're going to feel this system, sister. Yeah. If yeah. you want to heal it, you got to feel it. Mm-hmm. So that's how, that's why the consciousness, when you asked me about that question, like when you have that awakening, how do you stay there? It's a daily ting. Like that's what yes. it's a daily grind. And I wouldn't say grind. It's a daily practice, if you will. It's a daily exercise. And in feeling into my emotions, I spent so much of my life numb. I spent so much mm. of my life 
numbing myself, drinking, mm-hmm. partying, whatever, sex, whatever, uh, whatever recreational drugs. And like, it's just like to escape, like you were saying with your group, do we escape or do we actually deal? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And yes. so the, the, the answer is you got to deal to heal, period. Yes. It, this is not intellectual work. This is feeling work. Feeling. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it sucks sometimes, but it is, it is feeling work. Yeah. Um, I, I had two different thoughts. Um, I, I'm sure that you have the same, but I, I found the only way that I can do it is, is having a daily practice. Yes. Every single morning. Um, and it, that can mean whatever it needs to for anyone, whatever is, is relevant and meaningful that you can touch into something mm-hmm. that I have my morning practice to remember who I am and what I am called to mm-hmm. in this life and mm-hmm. that my ancestors are here mm-hmm. and that I am girded and clear and supported so that I can step into the reality of life mm. centered and, uh, and supported. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the the medicine tools um, is called the wheel of appreciation. Mm. And basically, it is whatever is happening now. If if this were a gift, what would that gift be? Yeah. How might I see the lesson in it? The um, I I went through a really hard kind of disastrous business thing last year, and I came out just so wounded and a year later I realized oh my god thank god that happened yeah you know it propelled me into it it the universe somehow saved me some from something that I was not was not right and two what I learned and how it propelled me to where exactly I was supposed to be yeah and sometimes with uh, you just you're right you have to go through the fire and the fire is yeah. going to burn you and you're going to learn so much yeah. And interestingly enough, my um one of my my sister mentor reminded me not to think of myself first, for example, I used to think of myself too in that Phoenix sense I had to burn to emerge. And yeah. she wanted me to reorient my um experiences more and liken it more to a transformation like a butterfly. Mm. So you're actually just um morphing, like it's actually called a blue morpho, the butterfly. And you're actually just, you know, reconfiguring your system, if you will. So our DNA is, you know, when you think about us as biocomputers, our DNA is wired for like disaster. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, period. Like that's just the matrix that we're in. That's just, the, you know, the, how the, the baseline system program is. It's just baseline, you know, fear, trauma, anxiety. Yeah. And we have to essentially just like, upgrade ourselves and in order to upgrade ourselves we have to go through these emotional um if you will programs or these mm-hmm. have these emotional apps if you will that really enable us to awaken other aspects of our of our heart of our software our hardware our dna system you know and because you know how many times have we heard scientists say like we have massive amounts of junk dna well in reality it's just not activated because we're living we're only, you know, using such a small part of our consciousness. Yet, as we start to awaken, we're activating new aspects of ourselves, and we can be more creative. That's why I, I, I love the work you're doing because artists really reside 
in, in many ways at, at sort of the higher realms of this existence and, and being fully expressive in, in their work and in all that they do. And interestingly enough, I, I always wanted to go to art school and design school. I'm a, I very much consider myself an artist. Like I remember being in business school and the teacher being like, who in here is an artist? And I like raised my hand like so Me. bad. <laughs> and I never raised my hand in class. Like, never, like, was eager to raise my hand. <laughs> so everyone, like, looks, you know, it, it became, like, a thing because it was such a, a moment. But um, but anyway, like, I feel like in terms of that artistic expression and having that ability to to abstractly, like you said, poetically um, or, or movement, you know, express ourselves, like, that takes courage, first of all. Mm-hmm. That takes that courage. That is a major act of love just in itself. Yes, and an act of love. So even higher than courage, it's a love act. So um, I know we're probably coming up on time. I haven't even looked at the time. I, w- I would love for you to speak more to uh, maybe what you vision for the future of, of um, your organization and how you see artists being able to to move and breathe and thrive, you know, after they've gone through, you know, what, what you, you all offer. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, it's so interesting after we had our, our 10th anniversary, we, we prototyped, we had a, a, a bit of a seed of a dream that arrived and we prototyped and played and invited and listened really hard for about two and a half years. Uh, before we actually formed uh, the arts nonprofit um, and created a vision and mission and all the rest of that, created a board. Um, and we had three pursuits and it took us that full 10 years for all three pursuits to, to completely activate and hum like little engines. Um, our, we, we talk about our, our mission is to host inspiring spaces for artists to perform, teach and work in mm-hmm. a natural environment. And the PERFORM is our artist series, uh, performance series, teach our workshops, and the work is our artist retreat. And um, we are hosting this year about 28 artists from, what was it, nine, 10 different states. And I think over 20 different art mediums. It's, it's kind of incredible. Amazing. Every week, it is an extraordinary experience to walk the farm and hear what is coming out of the barn. Um, while you're while you're sitting in the garden, um, but things are humming now, and I we may have another decade in us for the arts arts foundation, and I we're we're listening really hard about what is needed. It is about deepening relationships. We're we're selling out all the seats. It's not about or more audience members. It's not about marketing at all. All of this is word of mouth. We only built our audience because friends and neighbors told friends and neighbors. Mm. Uh, artists only started showing up for the artist retreat because somebody had a great experience and said, you should go do this. This will be good for you. Mm. Um, and so we want to 